This is the Minister's Crucible. I'm Fred Rochester on the Prevailing Word podcast. Thanks for listening. On assignment, sexual traps lurking in the church. Recently, the Hillsong pastor had stepped down from his church out there in Australia, of course, because of two incidences of inappropriate touching or inappropriate texting of women. Um, There is no doubt in my mind that lust definitely operates in the heart of men, uh, whether they're in Christ or they have fallen from Christ. Uh, The Lord tells us in the book of Mark chapter 8, verse 34, if anyone desires to follow after me, let him deny himself Take up his cross and follow me. These words from Jesus tells us the lifestyle of the preacher. The preacher must live a crucified life. Lust must be crucified. Paul talks about being crucified regularly. In fact, he said that I die daily. This is a regular occurrence each and every day, each and every moment of a preacher's life. Because lurking in the shadows of every local church are women looking to deceive men. Not every woman is like that. Only the ones that are immoral, the ones that do have a desire to use their sexuality, their attractiveness to bring down power. Therefore, these immoral women are on assignment. They are female predators. They are sexual distractions. No matter the congregation, whether small or large, females will play the field to see who would fall. They lack sanctification and holiness. They search for weaknesses. They play innocent until you give in to their sexual bait. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, beginning at verse 11, we will find these words. Discretion will preserve you. Speaking to the man, of course. Understanding will keep you. To deliver you from the way of evil. From the man who speaks perverse things. From those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their paths. To deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words, who forsakes the companion of her youth, and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house leads down to death, and her path to the dead. None who go to her return, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you may walk in the way of goodness and keep the paths of righteousness. For the upright will dwell in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. 
but the wicked will be cut off from the earth and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. And so the pastor is the target. There is no question in my mind because it happens in every church. It happens everywhere we go that there are individuals that are on assignment to bring down that which is in the pulpit. And when they see that there is no way around the pulpit and nowhere around into a pastor's heart, they will search for any man that is left in that local church. And if every man in that church were to exercise discretion and discipline, of course, they will seek out other places to lurk in other local churches for the unsuspecting. The book of Proverbs chapter 7, beginning at verse 6, you will find uh, these words regarding an immoral woman. For at the window of my house I looked through my lattice, and saw among the simple I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark of night, and there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. Let me pause there. The attire of a harlot is the calling card of the sexually immoral woman. They will wear either tight clothes, tight-fitting pants, uh, plunging necklines, tight skirts, tight dress, dress well above the knee, uh, hair obviously in place with makeup, much like a Jezebel. Nothing is out of place. Everything seems perfect. All she needed was to catch your eye. And here in this story in the book of Proverbs, this young man did just that. He was distracted. He was caught by surprise. And so he pursued her. Let's see what the rest of the story says, beginning at verse 11. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside. At times in the open square, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him. With an impudent face, she said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. So I came out to meet you, diligently to seek your face. And I have found you. I have spread my bed with tapestry, colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I have, perform I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the appointed day. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately he went after her, 
as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till an arrow struck his liver, as a bird hastens to the snare. He did not know it would cost his life. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For she has cast down many wounded, and all who were slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. Men don't realize this because usually they're smitten by a woman's beauty. They go from admiring the beauty of a woman to the place of perversion where the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, which is not of the Father but is of the world, overtakes them and overwhelms them. They get to the point where lust controls every single motive of the heart, and they no longer adhere to discipline, but they fall into sin, just like in the story that we've just read for the book of Proverbs chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 27, Jesus said these words, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right eye causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. You see, some may say, well, I can look but not touch. Well, Jesus took it a step further. If you look and do not touch, you are still guilty of adultery. These women that are on assignment is looking for that individual, that individual that will look and perhaps may have us standing and say, I can look but not touch, but what has he done? He has committed adultery in his heart. In the book of James chapter 1, we will find these words beginning at verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. See, you don't realize that your faith is being tested. You don't realize that your sanctification is being tested. You do not realize that your holiness is being tested. But verse 2 says this in the book of James chapter 1, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So you've got to exercise patience. Patience is the ability to wait out the ability to withstand, the ability to hold out. And that takes time, but it can be learned quickly. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. 
If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. You see, you got to ask the Lord for wisdom in those moments where the enemy wants to probe your defenses. And the enemy will probe your defenses to see if you will hold on to the word of the living God. In the book of Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 10 and verse uh, 13, if you learn patience, this is how patience is to work. It works in conjunction with the Holy Spirit. So here in verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be, to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You see, the Lord wants you to escape in that moment of temptation. And so if you trust in the Holy Spirit and you obey the word of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give you a way of escape. Now go back to the book of James chapter 1 and look down at verse 14. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. You see, it is usually at the moment where you are vulnerable that the enemy comes to entice you. For pastors, at the beginning of your message, you are at your strongest point. Uh, you're preaching the word of God, but all of a sudden, out of the corner of your eye, or perhaps sitting directly in front of you, is an immoral woman. Again, not every woman is immoral because, see, lust happens both ways. If there is a person on assignment, it will be obvious. But when you lack discretion and discipline and your eyes begin to travel, lust can be in your heart. You see, it doesn't have to be one-sided. It can be one-sided at certain times, but normally it can happen both ways. A person can be on assignment for you. And when you lack discretion and discipline, just like the story in the book of Proverbs chapter 7, you'll go after her like an ox. And so there will be desires in your heart. There will be that lust that you haven't crucified in your heart. But notice what it says in verse 15 now. Then when desire has conceived, you see, desire conceives with what's what you've been enticed with. And so if you haven't crucified the desire, when the enticement is before you or around you, or that enticement caught your eye, you'll go after that person. For instance, like the uh, person or the pastor at Hillsong, when uh, he was uh, charged with, uh, well, not charged by the police, but it was determined that he texted someone and he wanted to, quote, unquote, cuddle and kiss. And so he had desires in his heart, and he wanted to go after this woman. Now, in another incident in Hillsong, there was a pastor that uh, fell for a, a person. And the person that was seen in the documentary or in a uh, television report, uh, the clothing of the, uh, of the attire was, was seriously sexual. 
she had on tight clothes and and it you can just know that 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 something is just isn't right here uh the attire of women says a lot and usually when they want to flaunt their beauty they will do everything in their power to do so now it may not be that way with this woman that was in this report then again you never know but most women do know that men are enticed and most women do know that when a man looks he is going to look at your beauty now if there is no intent on her part but the desires in a man is there and there is intent on his part then he is being lured into a trap evidently this pastor not the hillsong pastor but a youth pastor i believe at hillsong sat next to her and put his hand on her thigh evidently he had desires and evidently he desired to go after her now again she may not be immoral but when you set up a, a situation where he can be enticed and you do not make the first move to leave uh thinking that this is an innocent situation and then it escalates it's taken to another level then you have to begin to wonder was this just an innocent uh, attempt or was it a deliberate strike at the heart of that youth pastor for him to go after her a lot needs to be discovered about this but you have to be careful pastors must never put themselves in a position where they are caught alone with other women and that's the case with this situation with this youth pastor he was caught alone with her and so he went after her evidently and he had to resign his position but it all stems from the fact that it could be that she lured him and it could stem from the fact that he had obvious sexual desires then when desire has conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death and it is evident it is clear that these women that are on assignment are everywhere they're lurking in every church immoral women now we're not talking about holy women we're talking about immoral women that will show some level of vulnerability to attract a man because it is a natural instinct for a man to defend and for a man to help and when he is drawn into a situation because of his desires then the only thing that's left is for him to conceive that enticement and bring forth sin and sin when it is finished it brings forth death so the bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18 flee sexual immorality in other words run do what joseph did when the wife of potiphar wanted joseph he flee he fled he left his garment he left his coat but he got out of that situation because he understood that there was nothing but trouble and pastor you would do well to discontinue counseling women alone or to be found in a place where there are no witnesses and you are alone with women I find it 
very helpful that if you have a wife, send the women to the wife. You will have no problems if you do just that. Or send women that are desiring, desirous of help to mature elderly women that you know walk in holiness and righteousness. And this will cut down on a lot of immoral situations and it will cut down on a lot of sexual immorality. But if you set up the situation yourself and you plan this out like David did with Bathsheba, then you got major problems and it is only a matter of time before that person that is on assignment will take you down. This is the Minister's Crucible. I'm Fred Rochester on the Prevailing Word podcast. Thanks for listening.